summer from last year. Photography is the capture of light. So we're finding a place that's got good light to take a picture. Where are you thinking? Well, natural light is always the best, so. Just go out here? Yeah, we're going by those big glass doors here. Do you have any instructions for Kendall, uh, our um, camera woman? It's light, so let's say, we, where do we want the light to hit? We want the light to hit. Surface. Uh, very good. You're looking good in the light right here, Kendall. See, so let's, let's so switch if we places. Reverse. Yeah, all yeah. right. <laughs> do we want to utilize this? Uh, this one? neutral background. Yeah. I'm not, I, this is not an accident. This has been a very popular place for photos. I look like a teacher with that in my pocket. Now, how close? How close should she be? Um, well, you know, she's looking pretty good there. It's not crooked. Uh, as long as she doesn't use any Instagram filters, I'll be happy with the photo. <laughs> so it's a full body shot. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. So I hold the microphone, too, and it'll look better in the photo. Oh. It's teamwork. Okay, we're stereo now. It's a very quiet phone. Is that? It's a very yeah. quiet phone. It doesn't have a click on there. Like, so I wasn't sure if he actually took a picture. And like just do, I, do I have to mark this now? I, I thought I was done marking for this semester. Just a quick review. Well, oh, that's not bad. That's, that's not bad at all. It's like the light is important, yeah. right? You find a good location, and then even a phone, if you're understanding the process, is going to work for you. That really does work. That lighting yeah. is great. Yeah. Well, that's thank you. It's all about. Thanks, Kendall. No problem. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Dave. That was this podcast's guest, photographer and teacher Dave Chidley, walking us through how to take the proper photo you can find on respectingtheprocess.com backslash podcasts. I am Adam Roshan, and this is the Respecting the Process podcast brought to you by the SidFit Health Center. Now, I don't know what your personal health goals are, but if you're located anywhere near the Kitchener, Ontario region, I recommend you check this place out. They have yoga, boxing, weightlifting, really whatever it is you are looking for from a health center, they more than likely have it. You can find out more at sidfit.ca, that's sydfit.ca, to begin your personal fitness journey. And the word journey only really begins to describe this podcast's guest career. Dave Chidley was one of my journalism professors who teaches to pass along his enthusiasm for the visual art of photography. He has worked all over the globe and is currently a freelance journalist in southwestern Ontario whose work is regularly published nationally in the Canadian press. We spoke about his career, the significance of pursuing one's passion in life, and the importance of capturing a moment in history. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Dave Chidley. Respecting the process, baby. Those can kill somebody. If you run over one, like yeah. pop your tire. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Everything hey, said keep shooting all summer. If I see dust on it in September, I'll kick you in the butt. Take care. Take care, yeah. I hope you were recording that. I'm going to yeah. kick him in the butt. <laughs> all right. All right. Can you count down from 10? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, stereo, 4, right. 3, 2, 1. Maybe we could start by just, just talking about your experiences. Wow, experiences. Life's an experience. And, and really... No, I'm going to get heavy on you right off the bat. That's kind of my mentality. I had my very best friend who I can remember meeting the first day of kindergarten. And I went all through public school with him and another buddy, all through high school, the same school, and then we all went to Ryerson together. And 
you know, we drifted apart. And then at age 40, in the middle of the night, he dropped dead of an aneurysm. And I was just like, I was like, oh, my God. It was just like, I've known this guy my whole life. And it changed my outlook on things. I don't wait for anything anymore. I do what I want to do, I, you know. And a lot of things I want to do are cool or exciting or, you know, bucket list things, right? I want to go and live my life. I'm not waiting till I'm in my golden years at 65 to live. I'm living every day, and that's, and that's my motto, I guess, if you want to say that. How does, how does that mentality cross into photography? Wow, yeah. Well, photography, without complicating it, is simply recording pieces of history. Every single snapshot is a frozen moment of time. And, you know, we choose to freeze whatever moments that we do and if you actually give it some thought and you know I have a friend who went to Africa and did an experiment like this where he took a bunch of digital cameras and gave them to young you know teenage kids in the village and let them play with digital photography and see their pictures on their cameras blah 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 and once they did all the goofy photos of each other and then the next lesson was okay now we are going to explore the power of photography and I am going to give you the opportunity to have your photos seen by people all over the world. Yeah. So now, what do you choose to take a photo of? And when you put that on the weight of anyone, yeah. that your photos are not just fun photos anymore, that your photos are what you want the whole world to see about your little life, yeah. that changes photography. So yeah, you know, it's I do try to capture a lot of moments that might correct wrongs or make someone smile or uh, you know just for a momentary second give someone an escape you know just pictures so there's a there's a million I don't know where the original question is. I'm going to another <laughs> one of my dance you know but how I instill it into my you know daily life is it's you know you make the choice of what you pursue yeah right do you do it for yourself or do you do it for others I work for others, and often a lot of my photography work, there's, there's a bit of a separation. I, like most photographers, started just taking pictures for the joy of it. Yeah. And I use that expression because there's a famous Freeman Patterson, a very famous Canadian nature photographer, who yeah. was one of his very first books. My first photo book was Photography for the Joy of It. Yeah. And it, when I saw the title, it typified what I did when I was a teenager. It was like, wow, I, I, I don't know, I'm just taking pictures because it's cool, it's fun, and it's artsy, and it's expression, and... And so I almost call that my therapeutic photography now, where I go and do that type of photography simply to, you know, sound, without sounding too out there, cleanse the mind. Just, it's just like some people go for a jog. Some people meditate. I'll go out and just shoot pretty pictures because it makes me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> now, when, when a lot of times when I'm shooting photos for other people, it's misfortune and, you know, covering trials and, uh, you know, sometimes human tragedy so there's just you know there's a lot of different realms of photography that I do yeah so you can't just say photography in one catchphrase so there's different kinds the the greatest photo that you've ever captured oh god there's then there's no such thing you know <laughs> some of my pictures of my kids are like personally greatest because they're hanging on my wall I look at them every day and I just like it's just like oh my god you know human beings and my little human beings that's you know that's for most people that kill children that you know it's like that's the the uh, uh, you know joy of their life and so there's personal goals and personal experiences you know some vacations that I've taken with my wife where we've gone on 
you know, walked beaches and deserted Caribbean islands. It's just a moment where you say, oh, that's a great picture. And then there's journalism moments that you cover. You know, I've, I've stood in the ice with the Stanley Cup. You know, I've got to raise the Stanley Cup and hold it in my arms. I've shaken hands with a pope, and the pope actually asked me if I was getting good pictures. No way. Yeah, you know, I've yeah. shaken the queen's hand, and, you know, there's some stuff that I've got to do with the job that you just got to go, nah, you know, I've been in the Arctic and photographed polar bears and, you know, been to Africa and, you know, and all kinds of just cool things because of a camera. Yeah. Yeah, so how do you relate it? Because, I mean, I guess it's something that you do because you love to do it. Oh, yeah. How did you turn it into a career? That's interesting. I can tell you to the exact day when I became a photographer because in high school I was really interested in geography. Maybe that's part and parcel of why I love to travel. You know, seeing the world and, and, and seeing new things. And this man, uh, teacher, Mr. John Gann, at Wexford Collegiate in Scarborough, he was a guy I totally respected because I wanted to be like him to t teach and talk about you know geography and places and things. Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate when I was 16 to be able to go to Europe on a school band trip. My brother was a saxophone player and uh, and uh, he uh, was on this trip that they had planned for three years. And I just early on I asked one of the music teachers, "Is there any way I can get on this trip?" And she said, "Yeah, actually, I'm looking for stage crew for the trip." And so I got to go as a stage crew on this. 21 day Europe vacation when I was 16 it was just unbelievable yeah. and my brother had a camera and he just gave me the camera because he had lost interest in it and it was a 35 millimeter you know basic camera and I uh, shot color slide film at the time it was like the artsy trendy way to do things right <laughs> and I shot like what 25 rolls of slide film in Europe and you know I kind of took to it and really enjoyed it and I brought them back and my my teacher Mr. Gann looked at the photos and he looked me right in the eye and said you're really good at that <laughs> And it was like this light bulb went up over my head. I never even considered photography as something to pursue. Yeah. And someone who I respected yeah. said, you're really good at that. Yeah. And that was it. That was the day I became a photographer. Did you ever question your ability, though? No. It was just he said you are, and I believed him. And then I <laughs> developed and became what I think is not a bad photographer. And is, you know, and so in high school, by the, time, the end of high school, I, I dropped all the hard courses. And I took film arts, and I took courses that I knew I could really breeze through so that I could work on the yearbook and I work on the school newspaper and I could hone and learn in high school. I was really lucky. I had three years of high school and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly what school I was going to and going to go to and what yeah. the entrance requirements were. Well, what are, what, what's the process required to become a great photographer? Oh, God. My mom was a hobby painter. Like, she painted oil paintings and watercolors. So I'd grown up with ladies from the art guild coming over and, and painting with my mom in the basement and yeah. they had guest <laughs> instructors come and so these painters and we had art you know, and it's kind of hobby art, not serious art art. Yeah. And so I'd always kind of grown up with the process. And my mom was the photographer of the family. And I remember at six years old, I, me getting a camera. And so I'd act, you know, been exposed to photography pretty early. And my mom had this cool twin lens camera. We had to look down at the camera to take the pictures. And that fascinated me. Yeah. And so it was just, it was just taking the next step and making the, you know, like any other endeavor that you do, whether it's being a math mathematician or a carpenter or a, you know, a ditch digger, and I'm not degrading ditch diggers. People, you know, who can do physical labor and love it every day, and that's, you know, just be happy in life. And I was happy taking pictures. Yeah. So develop whatever is going to make you happy. They become sort of like a therapy to you almost? Oh, like God, yeah. Yeah, you know, picture taking to me is not like work. I've joked, I've never really had a job. Well, I had some jobs when I was young that were crap, you know, like most people. But I even said it to my kids when they were growing up. I said, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a garbage man as long as you are a happy garbage man. Yeah. 
you know, so did you satisfaction out of your of your profession? And I don't kind of want to call it a job because I don't consider work a job. It's, you know, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the way it should be. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you think? Um, so, did you mainly do freelance? Uh, no, I was very lucky. While I was at Ryerson in Toronto, I got an internship at the Toronto Sun, yeah. and I actually hounded them. And this is a good lesson for students. And and I get really frustrated sometimes with students that don't have drive. And I could basically look at a class at the first day and tell you who's going to make it and who's not going to. Yeah. It's by how much they want to learn. You're there to learn. And the ones who are eager and want to soak up everything will succeed. The ones who only just want to pass or don't care or want to skip, they're likely never going to make it in the profession that they're choosing. They're going to yeah. get some mundane job that they hate. And you're just going to, like, one year, 20, 30 years from now, look in the mirror and say, oh, man, this is, you know, why did I do this? And, you know, it's... Now you got me. I lost the track of where we were going with that. Oh, my internship. Well, how I got a job. And so I, I went, and I, the side story is, I went to that paper 15 times between originally applying for a summer internship and going back and bringing them new pictures to show them and going back and asking them if there was any word. Yeah. And literally, I kept track. And I logged it all. Mm -hmm. And it was on the 15th time I'd actually gone down to bug them yeah. that they actually said, okay, okay, we finally, they didn't have a, student, a summer student photography position. Yeah. We created a position. You've got the job. Now go away. And <laughs> that was it. It was like I pushed my way through the door. Huh. And, uh, and that's it. It's like, it's drive. So from that summer job, I ended up being offered a full-time job, basically. So it, was, it wasn't about... Anything other than push, 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 push to try to get better. But that's what happens when you're really uh, passionate about something, right? Your ambition just pushes you in that direction. Absolutely. You know, and it wasn't, I was living at home. You know, I, there were lots of students, of course, that moved out. I lived at home, so I took the subway and the bus home, so I didn't have to worry about having a spare job. I, although I did, I waitered through school so that I could actually pay my own tuition. Yeah. I paid it all myself. I never even had a student debt because I worked, you know, at night and then worked at school but uh, yeah I, to me it was just like that was what I had to do to succeed it, was, it wasn't a question of how to do it I just did it photography has taken you where? Yeah. oh my god it's taken me magical places and I'm going to say that because it's not all about going around the world some of the most fascinating and rewarding stories have been in literally in your own backyard yeah, you know? yeah. and so yeah, I've been to Nicaragua, I've been to Honduras, I've been to Bosnia, you know, uh, I've been to the Olympics, I've been, you know, the Commonwealth Games, invited to shoot with Canadian press, and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of really cool places that I've been, yeah. but some of the neatest things are just on your own street, or just down the street, and then the, the town next day. It's like one picture, I just, I get a million stories. There's one little guy who was suffering from this really rare disease in Windsor. And it was a story I did for the Globe and Mail, and Simone, and uh, was his name, and we went down to take his picture, and the Ontario government wasn't funding his life-saving medicine, right? And it's like, worked up at like four or $5,000 a month, just yeah. way above his working family's capability of paying for his drugs. Mm -hmm. And those are the little victories. So I just like, this kid was just so nice. We sat and played with his cars and trucks and... You know, it wasn't the big picture today. It was just, it was, a, I got to meet this kid that maybe I can help out. Yeah. Made a connection with him, got him totally relaxed, then shot some pictures with him and his mom and him and his dad and then by himself. And then we were good. And he, he just, he was really natural. And I was just about to leave and I never even saw it. And they had a, a, an angel statue in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, oh my God, it was like this, like, 
epiphany moment that like suddenly like this like I call it the photo god blessed me that there's this angel sitting there right behind him and he was leaning on the chair and it was one of these photos I take no credit for other than just seeing it yeah. and it all lined up boom ran huge in the Globe and Mail like across six columns you know within two days the government was funding his his medicine ah. and you just go like that's where his photography would take me is taking me to moments like that which I say are magical where you can say with this little box that captures light, this little camera, yeah. I actually was able to change this family's life. Let's get really cheesy. What What is the yeah. most gratifying moment of your photography career? Oh God, uh, there's uh, there's no again, there's no one, but there's one that I've been telling the story about a lot lately because it's just kind of timely. Way back in Calgary, 17 years ago, I guess it is. I was covering the junior hockey team in Calgary, which are the Calgary Hitmen. Yeah, working for the paper there. And during the warm-up for the game, there was a two-year-old skating with the, with the hitman. Of course, literally two years old. This kid couldn't even talk at the time. Just basic vocabulary. Yeah. But he skated around like he was one of the team. He's out there skating, and he lined up with them in the huddle before the game. And I got this really cool shot of the back of him next to these six-foot-five guys. And he's like a foot and a half tall. Yeah. And he's like kind of joining in the huddle. And it was one of these moments. I knew it was a good picture at the time because it's like your spidey sense goes off and it's like, ooh, that's kind of good, that's good, that's good. Because you're taking the picture and it's warming up. <laughs> and it, you know, I shot about 40 or 50 frames as he's warming up or more than that, a couple wow. hundred pictures yeah. you know, of him in various positions. But the one that, it, this all lined up perfect. You just kind of knew it was good. Yeah. The paper ran it the next day. We sent it out on the Newswire and Canadian Press. And it was like, you know, in today's world, as you, it went viral. Yep. And it just, I started getting phone calls and, and messages from people all over the world who saw this photo because AP picked it up and it got sent around worldwide. It was on papers in Erie, Pennsylvania, and this is from Calgary. <laughs> what the? And cool. Got, yeah, it was very cool. Got yeah. it published in Japanese magazines, German magazines, and then I got, a, I got the phone call, which was the coolest moment. Life Magazine called me. And Life Magazine, for any person in, from the 50s, 60s, whatever, 70s, that was the photojournalism publication. Okay. To be published in Life Magazine, I was ready to retire. It was done. I was like, my career is complete. <laughs> and it won the National Newspaper Award, which is Canada's top journalism award of the year, and it won the Sun Chain Award. So not only was it a really cool picture, it made me all kinds of money. <laughs> On top of it, was, it was made me a ton of money. And my paper let me keep it all. <laughs> Bought me a travel trailer. That's how much money it made. Wow. On the side. It was yeah. an old used travel trailer, but still, I said, this... A picture got you there. And yeah. my picture bought this for my family <laughs> to go away on vacations. It was pretty cool. Does it ever get... Uh, well, let me finish. There's, a, okay. there's an end to the story. I'm sorry it's long. <laughs> the end of the story is the young guy who I took the picture at, two years old, his name's Hunter Shinkaruk. Yeah. Well, this year in the NHL draft, mm -hmm. he got drafted in the first round by Vancouver. So not only did he take his picture and it got kind of famous and he's lived his whole life with this picture. No. He's grown up. He played for the Medicine Hat Tigers. He was selected to Canada's junior team this last year. He just it was the very last cut because he was injured, but got selected in the first round by Vancouver. So he'll be in the NHL next year. Does that ever get old, like your photos and your work going viral? Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> everyone has an ego. You cannot deny it. You ask me how many times I Google myself. You know, what's day probably? <laughs> it's because I want to see where my pictures have run. It's, it's, you know, it's as much about the ego as it is to see, oh, who, who used the photo? Did it get any play in, you know, media sites or mm -hmm. in newspapers? Um, the, the coolest honor almost goes back to your last question is when you, you end up going to somebody's house yeah. to photograph them and on the refrigerator is a photo that you took maybe 10 years, 15 years ago, 
that was in the newspaper that they cut out and it's still in their fridge because it was special. It was special to be in the newspaper and it still is. Having your photo taken is a compliment and when you then get it published, you know, people, and that's the coolest thing. To go back and see one of your pictures hanging on someone's wall or on their fridge yeah. 10, 15 years later, that's, you get a huge kick out of that. That's amazing. What does respecting the process mean to you? Oh gosh, respecting the process is, for me, I, I love the phrase. I love your, your, your site and the mentality of it because the process to me is really important. I go back to you know, earlier conversations that taking a photograph is recording a piece of history. It's a split second of time that you've chosen to record. It can be fun, it can be flipping, it can be just frivolous stuff, but on the flip side, sometimes it's serious stuff where it's, it is once in a lifetime, it's gone. You know, and I've photographed places that are no longer there, and I've photographed people that are no longer there. And, and I'll end with this one story. I, I went to Windsor a couple of years ago, and one of my favorite days, and this ties into it really well, to be a photographer is on Remembrance Day. And tying that into the history of photography. Like these men and women have you know, put their life on their lines to sign up for World War One. I. I actually used to photograph World War One vets, and then World War Two vets, and Korea, and Vietnam, and United, you know, uh, peacekeepers, United Nations, etc. Mm -hmm. Afghanistan now, of course, and more. And for me to go one day of the year, and I always say it's the day that I really try my hardest because I'm showing respect for them. Yeah. I want to take the best possible picture so that maybe there'll be a picture in the paper or on a website somewhere that somebody will open up and they'll look at it and say, oh, man, that's touching. That's, I, you know, I really make a connection with that photo and that person in that photo. And I went to Windsor a couple years ago, and there was a, a gentleman at the front row with an oxygen breather on, and he had two women behind him that were his daughters. And, of course, they're, he was a World War II vet, so they're already you know, in their 50s, these ladies. Mm -hmm. And the one woman in the ceremony, there's a school there that has children write letters to a veteran, and they're about grade 5 kids, so they're pretty young. So it's, you know, they're usually filled with hearts and saying, thank you for being a soldier, thank you for our freedom. And one little kid, and they just randomly walk around and hand them to people who are veterans or look like veterans or soldiers. And they're not all veterans. They just served in the... And this guy got one letter, and his daughter opened it up with him, and they started reading it. And all three of them were crying. It yeah. was just this moment that it was so personal. And I shot a whole series of photos of them and got their names. And it was touching. It was just one of these things that, you know, they were moved by what the little kids did. They were moved by the whole occasion. And, yeah, back to respecting the process. I want to take the best possible photo that I can that day to affect as many people as possible. And even if it's just one person looks at it and says, wow, that was cool, or that, that moved me, or that brought a tear to my eye. And of course what happens, within two weeks after Remembrance Day, I got an email from the lady and said her dad had just passed away. That was the last moment, the last day that he'd been out of the, her, the home that he was in mm -hmm. and he basically from Remembrance Day got back, took a turn for the worst and it was virtually the last photo of him taken alive. Yeah. And it was in such a fitting moment to be honored by a little kid and it brought tears and to be at this and I'm just floored and she asked me if she could buy the photos for me and I was like come on you know it's like, <laughs> yeah. I will pay you <laughs> to take these photos and put them in your photo album. it's like that's exactly he's like that's my role in this process is to 
do my best to record those moments that will have some effect on people. So, yeah, you know, I think that's a good illustration of what I mean by yeah, how to respect the process.